0: Well, we're back in the book of Exodus this morning, and we will be in Exodus 15, but I think if we're going to grow in our relationship with God and into a greater intimacy, such as we see in the life of Moses, uh, I think we need to understand that all glory is due His name, and uh, sometimes we get this idea that church is about us. And certainly there's an aspect of that. God ordained the church and and he's told us to gather and to assemble together to encourage one another. But really it's to encourage us in the Lord. And so uh, this morning we're going to talk about glory do his name uh, from Exodus chapter 15. And I'll just remind you of last week in, in chapter 14, we get a glimpse of God's military strategy. And I don't think there's too many modern day generals that would use his playbook. Um, but we saw him use the weak and the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And we see that in, in Exodus 14, 2 through 3, and he turned the Israelites to make it look like they were just wandering they're lost and that the land had got the better of them and they were shut in by the land is what those verses say there. And, and uh, But that was really just bait on the hook for Pharaoh. Uh, and so we know that Pharaoh pursued after the people and uh, God did a great thing and wrought victory for them. And uh, the whole plan was to bring God glory. Um, 1 Corinthians one twenty seven. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And if you look down to verse 9 in 1 Corinthians 1, it says this, that no flesh should glory in His presence. So God was working in this situation in the in the life of the people of Israel here that He might get the glory, uh, and, and we know that because Exodus fourteen eighteen says this, and the Egyptians uh, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh upon his chariots and upon his horsemen, and so we know that God was uh, revealing Himself and that it was Him. Uh, that was doing this work uh, amongst the Egyptians uh, that they would know that he is the Lord that he is the Almighty the Almighty, he is Jehovah, and you know what surprise surprise god 's plans work right. <laughs> boy, it worked in in the midst of that sea we saw in in chapter fourteen and verse twenty five the Egyptians realized it is the lord uh, so god 's plan worked verse twenty five and fourteen says and took off their chariot wheels, that they drave them heavily. the latter part of that verse says this, so that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel. Why? For the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. They recognized, whoa, we're fighting against not these slaves. We're fighting against the Lord. We're fighting against Jehovah. We're fighting against the Almighty. And uh, can you imagine that moment when they realized this? the grave mistake that they've made, uh, pursuing these people. And, and uh, they thought they were going to go to battle with some slaves, but they were battling the Almighty. Uh, talk about fear. Uh, and, of course, we know that the Lord uh, took off the wheels of their chariots. And, and, uh, but that moment when they realize they're not battling flesh and blood, uh, they're battling something much greater. And uh, they even begin to refer to themselves in the third person. Pretty interesting. Uh, they, it says there, so that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fighteth for them, look at this, against the Egyptians. They, they were uh, so convinced that they didn't want to be on the opposite side of the Lord that they didn't want to refer to themselves as themselves. And, uh, but uh, <clears throat> listen, they realize they're on the wrong side. Uh, They're on the wrong side, and and that, my folks, is not the side you want to be on. Uh, Praise God that in Christ we can be on the Lord's side. Uh, But in contrast, in verse 13, we see this, And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you've seen today, you shall see them uh, again no more forever. Verse 14 goes on to say this, And the Lord shall fight for you. And ye shall hold your peace. And so the opposite of the spectrum here is God's people are just standing still, holding their peace, uh, putting their faith in the Lord. Uh, Isn't it a wonderful thing when you see the Lord go to battle for you? And as the people of Israel watched as the Lord destroyed the armies of the Egyptians, uh, and they see their bodies floating up to the shore. Uh, and washing up to the shoreside, uh, seaside, shoreside, uh, there was no question that it was the Lord. Uh, what a blessing. The Lord saved the people. He fought for them. And, and I would say uh, we can make a, an application that similarly we have a battle we cannot win today. Uh, we must come to Christ for salvation. Uh, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Listen, this morning, outside of Christ, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. The Word of God tells us the wages of sin is death. uh, But Christ died for your sins. He paid the payment. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. Oh, man, this is so good. And he was buried, and look at this, and he rose again the third day. He's victorious over that, uh, the victory. He's our Passover, what we talked a little bit about last week. And listen, there's no other. And praise God, he has fought the fight for us, and he's won the victory through his blood. And uh, we ought to be rejoicing. You guys are pretty quiet this morning. And uh, this is, I'll tell you what, we're, we're about to read our text here this morning. This is a convicting Sunday school lesson for me. Because I struggle in this area, um, giving God glory and praising and worshiping Him. And uh, but listen, we have much to praise Him for. And uh, this Sunday school lesson took an absolute turn. You know, uh, for some of you that have prepared lessons and messages, and and sometimes you go in there thinking, I I got an idea, I got some thoughts, I got a plan. I'm gonna I'm gonna go this direction with this passage and. And, well, that didn't happen. The Lord just kind of directed me otherwise. And so, um, but I just want to remind you of a few things this morning. The only thing that the people had done or brought for their salvation was that they needed it. There they were, trapped. Nothing they could do of their own power. Uh, And that's just like we are in our sins. God would do the saving, and all they had to do was stand there in faith and see. God says, stand still. And it's the same for us today. We learn here that our salvation is of God alone, and He will not share His glory with any one other. Isaiah 42.8 says this, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither will I praise to graven images." Our salvation is not by works, lest any man should boast. The Word of God says. Uh, We simply come to Him in faith, for by grace are ye saved through faith. Uh, We just come in faith. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Salvation is rather simple. And uh, what a blessing to know. But once delivered, the people erupt in song. And so God wroughts this great salvation in the people of Israel at at the Red Sea. And in chapter 15, it, it begins with a song. It moves from a narrative... Uh, to a song, and, and a song gives emphasis on worship. Uh, they begin to worship the Lord for what He has done. And so oftentimes when we begin to worship, it goes from knowing about something to living something, when we can truly begin to worship the Lord. And so if you would, let's read verses 1 through 21 of Exodus chapter 15. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, And spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him in habitation. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as an heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil, my lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, and my hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow with thy wind, the sea covered them, they sink as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Thou stretchest out thy right hand, and... Uh, The earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy hath led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in the strength unto thy holy habitation. The people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold on the inhabitants of Palestine. The dukes of Edom shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab trembling shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them by the greatness of thine arm. They shall be as still as a stone. Till the people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over, which thou hast purchased. Thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance. In the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in. In the sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. Amen and amen. Verse 19. Uh, for the horse of Pharaoh went in with his chariots and with his horsemen into the sea, and the Lord brought again the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. And Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, said, them, Sing yet to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Well, praise the Lord, what, what a great example of, of giving glory to His name. I think the people of Israel understood there was nothing they could have done of themselves uh, to be saved here. And, and so they're thankful for a God. And, and so they erupt in this song. Songs invite us to meditate on truth, uh, even to memorize truth. I can tell you how many scripture uh, verses I've memorized because we sang them. Uh, ever since I've been a Christian, we, we've sang Bible verses. And I love doing that on Sunday nights here with you all. But um, it helps us memorize the truths and, and, it, and it helps us express our thankfulness to a gracious God when we sing unto him. And uh, so we know here this is primarily a praise uh, for deliverance. They're praising God for, for delivering him. But it also is a praise for his wrath and judgment as he hurled the Egyptians into the sea. Uh, God did a miracle here. And and listen, this is just a side note. Sometimes we need to be reminded to keep us in check. That we serve a just God. And He will deal with sin. Uh, And and listen, He will do it in His time. He's not slack. Uh, Sometimes we need to be reminded of that. I think we get complacent in our Christian lives and we allow things to creep in. We get content with a little leaven, if you will. Uh, God help us that we would come before His throne in holiness. Uh, but the delivered responded saying, I will sing to the Lord. So these folks that were, were delivered, they're going to sing to the Lord. It says, he is my song. Uh, he is what's on their tongue. The Lord, uh, it's, it's him that we want to sing about. It's him that had saved us. Uh, and this song is very personal. It's corporate as well. They're singing it together. But it's personal. Look at Exodus 15.2. He says this. The Lord is, look what it says, my strength. We might say my song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God. I will prepare in him an habitation for my father's. I will exalt him. This is a corporate song of praise as well. So they were obviously singing this together. Uh, They were singing it out together, and we see that in verse 1. It says, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. And so uh, they were singing it corporately, but but it was a personal song. I think they understood their deliverance personally. God had saved them individually. And uh, what a joy that we can corporately come together to worship today and serve Him. But the reality is we're only doing that because of what God has done for each of us individually. Uh, it's what we have in Christ that brings us together together today. Listen, they're singing to teach one another and to admonish one another in the truth and and the attributes of God. Uh, This song teaches who God is and what He does, uh, what He had done for them. This is is really the main purpose of our singing. And and listen, I'm not a music major, uh, uh, but... But, I'll, well, let me not get ahead of my notes. But they're to sing about God and His attributes. Uh, we, we understand from Colossians 3.16 that that is uh, one of the primary goals intended for singing. Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Uh, we sing that the word of Christ would dwell within us richly. Uh, it's something that is internal. Uh, it helps us understand scriptural truth. Uh, listen, script, our singing is not just an outward show. It's because of an inward thing that's taken place. It, uh, it's more internal. And, and Listen, I, I'm not a music major. I don't, I don't know all this, but I'll tell you this this morning. Song or music has a profound effect on our lives. I can't explain it all to you, uh, but I believe God's designed it that way. And it affects our emotions, it affects our attitudes, it affects our thinking, the things that we listen to in song. And by the way, that affects our thinking in those things, and our emotions affect our doing or our actions. Music has a profound effect on, on us. And so what would I say this morning? Be careful what you allow into your life via music. Be very careful. Uh, It it affects you on a far greater level than I think most understand. Uh, Probably even more than the the genius scholars that self-proclaim that they understand it. You guys are a rough crowd today. But what they sing about the Lord and His mighty works. In verse 11 it says this, Who is like unto thee, O Lord? No one. They're recognizing that there's none that compares to God. They have just witnessed all of the plagues and all of the things that God has done in contrast to the gods of Egypt. And there's none like Him. None can save. None can do what He does. He is the Almighty. Uh, And this event proves it. I can't congeal the sea get it to stand up on a heap. I know you can't either. Listen, there's none like him. God had purchased them and brought them into his habitation. It tells us that in verse 13. Listen, God had promised it and he delivered. We've talked about it in the weeks before. God said they were going to be in captivity. God's, God uh, prophesied of these things and, and God also told him he would deliver them from that. And here it is. He does that in Uh, But here in verse 19, we kind of see a summary of what has taken place at the Red Sea. Uh, And in it, we see a likeness to to our salvation. Verse 19 says this, For the horse of Pharaoh went in with his chariots and with his horsemen into the sea, and the Lord brought again the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. They were rescued from the waters of death, uh, brought into the land of life. Uh, the old life is consumed and is gone, and now there is a new path to walk. Uh, the Red Sea helps us teach this, or learn of this concept of the newness of life in Christ. Uh, we see this picture uh, of the idea of being in bondage uh, and being spiritually dead and then coming to life in a relationship with Him. And of course, you know this. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Just as it was the Lord alone that had saved the Israelites, so it is Christ alone that can destroy the old slave master and bring us to a new land or a new creature, uh, really to bring us unto himself. And so we, picture, we see a picture of the newness of life that we have in Christ here. Uh, verse 20 is interesting. Uh, we see the first ever women's ministry first one that I found in in scripture anyway, if you're going from Genesis through, we're in the second book of Exodus here, but the first ever women's ministry, and it says, And Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. It appears the ladies have lost their mind. (laughs) They started dancing. What? What? Yeah, I'm saying it this morning. Dancing is in the Bible, right. yeah. and uh, listen, I don't know specifically what kind of dancing this was. Um, I, Cindy and I, she has a friend that was married, and in part of her marriage ceremony, there was a, I think they called it a spiritual dance, and um, but and there was a lady that went down the center aisle that did a a dance unto the Lord is is what they said, and and so I. I I don't know if that's what it was or not, uh, if it's what is described here. But, but the one thing I am confident of is that this is not the dancing we commonly see in our culture today. Right. I'm, I'm confident of that, no question. Here's how Albert Barnes describes it. It is a measured rhythmical movement. Define that as you see fit. I, don't, I, don't, I guess, I, I don't know, that's just how he explained when I looked at the commentaries about the dancing here. And, and uh, by the way, the word dance, uh, dances here is, uh, it's a feminine, it's magola, uh It means a dance, to company, to dance or dancing. Um, and so, but I do know that it wasn't commonly what we see in our culture today. It wasn't a sensual, inappropriate type dance. They were dancing unto the Lord. And uh, what we do know is, is uh, that this was likely similar to David, 2 Samuel 6.14, and David danced before the Lord. And look at what it says, with all his might. David was serious about this. <laughs> he, w- he was giving it all he had. And uh, to be fair, the word uh, in 2 Samuel here is different than the word in Exodus but they, they have the same definition. And I'm not a Hebrew scholar, so I can't explain it all to you. Uh, but uh, the idea that David would dance with all his might, I thought was interesting. If you look at that, the definition of that, it says, Strength in various applications. This is the Strong's. And it talks about force, uh, majesty, praise, uh, power, strength, strong. But there's this word in here, boldness. And I think we can get the idea that these things were happening in the lives of the Israelites and David as he was celebrating there in 2 Samuel. They were very thankful for what God had done. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And they had a boldness to express their praise and worship to God for what he had done in their life. And listen, I get it. I'm teaching this class. I'm the guy that struggles to raise his hand and say amen. Um. But the reality is, I think that we lose out in a critical piece of, of our intimacy with God because we lack a true worship of Him. Yeah. These people were expressing themselves physically uh, based on what God had done in their life. Now, I'm not suggesting that we need to have dance parties. Uh, I, I'm really not. But what I'm saying is, is uh, I think are we have allowed our culture to hinder our ability to worship God as we see others in the Bible did. Uh, we, there's nothing wrong with lifting up a holy hand. And uh, listen, this morning I'm preaching to myself. And maybe it's because we don't fully grasp what God has done for us. These people were shut in. God delivered them. Uh, and they were excited about that. They were thankful for that. And they knew it was God and God alone that could have done that. And so what do they do? They respond back and begin to praise him uh, and worship him. God help us. I think we can at least agree on this point. That we could learn something from this. And it may be different for each one of our personalities. Psalm 134. Look at what it says here. Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which ye or which by night stand in the house of the Lord, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord hath made heaven and earth. Bless thee out of Zion. Could we at least raise a hand in praise to our God? Or are we ashamed? This was a very outward demonstration and of praising and worship of what God had done for them. Are we ashamed of what he's done for us? Or are we willing to give him the glory for the victory that he's won in, on our behalf? We couldn't have saved ourselves. And so, what am I saying this morning? Don't allow... We need to be careful not to allow our understanding of dance today to prevent us from enjoying something the Lord doesn't condemn in the Word of God. Uh, and so, as we move on, the manner of their singing appears to be one of responding and answering. We're talking about these these ladies that uh, some in in our circles would think they went rogue and started dancing, but um, there's more to it here, I, I think, than than what we would would consider uh, just at face value. Uh, but Moses first said in verse 1, he says this, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously, the horse and his rider. And so uh, Moses began to open up the song. In verse 21, it says this, And Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed. And so the idea here is uh, it's a repeating thing, or, or the men would go, and then the ladies' beautiful voices would chime in, sometimes like we do in our scripture song. Are you guys picking up what I'm putting down here, the picture I'm trying to show? It it, it was kind of a a back and forth thing. Here's what uh, the JFB, Jameis Fawcett Brown. Miriam answered them. And and he says this, uh, the them in the Hebrew is masculine. And so that means Moses probably led the men and Miriam the women. The two bands responding alternately and singing the first as a chorus. Albert Barnes goes on to say this. Uh, The part here assigned to Miriam and the women of Israel is in accordance both with, he says, the Egyptian and the Hebrew custom. The men are represented as singing the hymn in chorus under the guidance of Moses. At each interval, Miriam and the women sang the refrain, marking the time with timbrel and with, this is where it is, the measured rhythmical movements. They are always associated with solemn festivities. And so, and he gives some some scriptures there. Uh, What am I saying I'm saying that perhaps the Pentecostals are onto something that we're missing out on. And I'm not saying that we need to go bananas. That's not what I'm saying either. But when God touches your heart and God moves in your life, you ought to express that. That's not my culture. I'm not used to that. That's weird. I'm dead serious. I'm the loudest. If I go back to Faith Baptist Church where I grew up, I'm the loudest person in the church. I think as the people of God, we can do better in this area is what I'm telling you this morning. And I'm the first one to take the blame because it's hard for me. This is the first singing and song of God's people in Scripture. And what a great example that this reminds us that our worship ought to be God-focused and not self-focused. As I said, we're not here for ourselves. We're not here to try to put on a show and demonstrate that we can do anything better than anyone else. It's about God. And so these folks were, were dancing before the Lord. They were singing unto the Lord. They were praising God and giving Him the glory due His name. I, I think we, nobody would question this. It can be noted in, all, in many of the Psalms that, uh, <clears throat> that oftentimes the psalmist is looking inward and outward. In those things, but I think for us, we often fail to do what most Psalms do, and we look upward. We allow our circumstances outwardly and, and, and even the struggles that we might have internally to prevent us from, from looking upward to God. And uh, the Psalms often remind us to look at who our God is and what He's done. We want to look uh, at our inward anxieties, we want to look at our outward circumstances, but we need to see them in the light of looking upward at the God. We serve the God that is with us, the God that is with our circumstances. He understands those circumstances, the God that guides us. They sing in the song that the Lord is their strength. The Lord is their song. The Lord is their salvation. It's all about him. They're praising him. Uh, it's the God that reminds us that as Paul our circumstances have brought out a furtherance of the gospel. The people recognized this. They, they were singing praises, and, and the people in the land of Canaan were going to fear this God because He was doing great things. And so the Apostle Paul says this, But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen un, or fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Boy, that they could see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Listen, it's about Him. It's about the furtherance of of the gospel, we might say today. Your circumstances are always meant to further the gospel. God is bringing you unto himself, and he's using you to be a light in this world. And so whatever Red Sea you face, uh, just remember, God can use it for the furtherance of the gospel. You can be a comfort and help to others. And, and you know, oftentimes I think of Sabina as she prepares to go to a funeral often those difficult times of life and losing a loved one, uh, people get saved at funerals. But you have to go through that valley. You have to go through that difficult time. You have to face the Red Sea. And face it in faith, trusting that you serve the Almighty God, the one that can deliver, the one that can save. Uh, We have much to praise Him for, do we not? Well, the bell's closing me out here. And... uh, This song of victory and praise, we'll we'll see it again in Revelations 15.3. It says this in Revelations, And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works. Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Listen, we ought to get used to praising him now. Listen, one day every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to fa- confess that He is Lord. Amen. And listen, we're on the winning side if we're in Christ today. And I've, I've preached on lifting hands. Ain't anybody raised their hand in Sunday school this morning? <laughs> what am I saying today? I think if we want to grow in intimacy with the Lord, we must give Him the glory due to His name. When God works on our behalf, we need to stop and recognize it and give Him the praise. Uh, Give him the thanks for what he's done. I truly believe our growth is often hindered because we don't humble ourselves and give him the praise, honor, and glory that's due him. We're not willing to humble ourselves. If you would turn with me to Psalm 96, we'll close with the reading of this. We serve a good God. Psalm ninety six, verse one. Oh sing unto the Lord a new song, sing unto the Lord all ye earth, or all the earth, sing unto the Lord, bless his name, show forth his salvation from day to day, declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among the people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the nations are idle, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his his sanctuary. Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Say among among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. The world also shall be established that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar in the fullness thereof. Let the field be joyful in all that is therein. Then shall all the trees of the wood rejoice before the Lord, for he cometh for the, for he cometh for the, excuse me, for he cometh for the, cometh to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with truth. Amen and amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you. For your goodness. And Lord this morning we just praise you. For the deliverance in Christ that we have. And I pray Lord that you would help us to worship you. In the beauty of holiness Lord. And that we would never forget. That it's truly about you. Help us to honor you and to praise you. And to give you the glory due your name. Father as we prepare to move into the next hour. We ask for your blessing. Lord, I know our desire is to glorify you. We pray that you would be high and lifted up and that you would be glorified. And, Father, we ask that you would work in our midst, that you would work in the heart of the Christian, Lord, that they would Lord, turn to you more completely, that we would not be content with any, anything in our lives that would hinder our relationship with you. And, Lord, for those that, that may gather with us today that don't know Christ, we pray that you would, Lord, help them to see the need of a Savior, And Lord, that they would reach out in faith and trust Him. And Father, we'll give you the praise for all that you do in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen.